Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great revenge story against a teacher who thinks they know everything there is to know about that time of the month. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my guidance counselor told me I wasn't university material, and years later, I pretended not to know her. I know it doesn't sound like much revenge, but it was oh so sweet, let me tell you. Back in high school, I struggled hard. I had a stepdad who adopted me and then ignored me my whole life, and a mom who was wrapped up in making his life perfect. Yeah, he was what some might call a textbook narcissist with my mom as his flying monkey, Wizard of Oz reference. Anyway, school was a difficult time for me and I had a lot of anxiety and a hard time focusing. I attended all my classes and was always doing very well in my assignments but had trouble completing them. My guidance counselor was the same all through high school and every year would start a meeting with her and I would explain I needed more help because I was struggling to focus. She brushed me off every time, stating that I obviously wasn't trying hard enough because I had no excuse, since my stepdad, adopted dad, was, wait for it, a social worker for the school board and personal friend of hers. Yeah, it was awful. At the end of high school, we had our obligatory meeting about what colleges or universities or trade schools to apply to. I told her I was interested in psychology and would like to be a counselor or to teach psychology. This woman scoffed literally scoffed at me. She said, and I quote, please do not apply to university. It would be a huge disappointment for you. You are not university material, and you may be better with a community college or even certificate in administration. Now let me say there is nothing wrong with going to community college or getting a certificate in something. Nothing at all. But this woman's words would haunt me my whole life. I wanted to pursue something I was very interested in, and she essentially told me I wasn't smart enough or capable enough to do it. Fast forward to my late 20s, I worked at a variety of small jobs here and there and became very depressed. I finally decided one day that screw it, I'm applying for university. Well, I got in and I graduated with honors, so I went to teacher's college for another bachelor degree, again graduated with honors. And about five years ago, I finally finished my master's in behavioral psychology. Two years ago, stepdad died, and who is at the visitation? My old guidance counselor. She came right over and started talking to me immediately like she knew me, like we're old friends. I cut her off and said, I'm so sorry, you must be confusing me with someone else. She looked absolutely shocked and said, I was your guidance counselor for four years and I just shook my head and gave the best blank look I could give, shrugged and said, sorry, I honestly don't remember you. When I left, she looked a bit confused and disappointed. I think she had hoped for me to have all of these good memories of her, how helpful she was to me as a teen, but nope, I wanted her to feel that she was nothing to me. Had zero effect, even though she did affect me, I wasn't letting her know that. I felt pretty good about that. 
I'm sure this was super satisfying for OP, but I know if I were in OP's position, honestly, I don't know if I'd have been able to hold back from just commenting how crappy her advice was. I mean, maybe go the route of saying, well, you didn't really give much guidance. I had dreams and accomplished those explicitly against all of the advice you told me. I would love to kind of rip into them a little bit and say, you literally told me not to achieve the things that I went and achieved. Also, hi. I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, neighbor has long history of petty things, so I rotate a few fans 90 degrees. I used to live on the edge of a farm, and people used to rent my space out. This is important. My neighbor Bob is a nice enough guy to your face, self-proclaimed morally upstanding religions man, occasional petition to make some changes to state government to his worldview, and all-around chatty when I have the infrequent pleasure to bump into him. Except, he's a dingus and does petty crap all the time. I don't think he's aware that I know he does. While some are aggravating, most are perplexing and barely illegal and wouldn't be worth my effort to get the law involved, these are his stories. One spent all day Saturday loading leaves onto a flatbed trailer. Now, Bob has a lot of property. Where does he put the leaves? He pulls out of his driveway, just gets past the corner of my front yard, note I have more property where the grass ends, and hits the gas. Leaves blow off to both sides of the road. He turns around at the corner and pulls back into his driveway. Once, he had an apprentice surveyor come and practice surveying skills to mark the line. Said because he wasn't official, it wasn't, but it was 99% correct on it. Bob goes out one day and moves the markers off his driveway. I took pictures of the locations and made a note. Planted popple trees, fast growing, just on my side of the line fence, so they provide coverage for his pine trees to grow. I was annoyed, but figured if they gave me quicker coverage from him, I'd just deal with it. They've since gotten huge and some are dying off. I saw Bob outside once and asked him about the limbs falling, and he said that they were on my side, so not much he can do. Every time I picked up limbs, I just tossed back to his yard and they'd eventually disappear to his burn pile, which you guess is sitting at the corner of our property together. Bob had a delivery of a huge piece of equipment. Because his driveway is small and not really usable for the long bed delivery truck, he told the delivery guy to just park and unload in my wide driveway, making big ruts because of the weight of the machinery. To the delivery driver's credit, he didn't know any better. He said the neighbor said it was fine he used my driveway. Would get block permits to kill deer on his property, then dump the corpses deep in the woods just this side of my property. He knows where the line is. One time I heard a bunch of noise early one morning. Bob's 12-year-old son at the time has a tractor with a piece of equipment backed up to my garbage bag pile by the road. Trash coming in a few hours and there's a bag hanging off the edge of the equipment. Son is jamming the raise and lower lever to try and shake the bag loose. I called out and asked what he was doing and went out to see. Bob's son froze and I asked him what was it. He wouldn't say. I opened the bag to find a deer head with maggots on it. Bob didn't want this in his trash, and it's illegal, so decided to just put it in mine. I told Bob Jr. to tell his dad if he did this again, he'd find it in his swimming pool and made his son take it back home. Bob never said anything about it. This is all I can think of off the top of my head, but I think you get his quasi-innocent, if not extremely annoying things he does, 
petty, some would say. So fast forward 20-something years of his and I strike a deal to let Farmer John put up some grain bins at my house, which happened to be the farthest point away from my house and next to Bob's property, at the corner where his house is at. These have huge fans. When they're doing the constructing, John mentions that they would rather point them west, towards Bob's house, and not north, because it would be more convenient to them, as the fans protrude out a bit from the bins, but didn't want to sour my relationship with Bob. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I assure him Bob and I have a special relationship and I insist he points them to the West because Bob wouldn't care. Fast forward months and John actually uses green bins, which she typically runs the fans at night when it's cool. The first morning after Bob knocks on my door and says he heard the fans last night and said he didn't realize they would be pointing towards his property, his house, and where his bedroom would face, I said I didn't really think about it and just told them to put it where it would work best for them. Bob asked if they could be moved, and I said, not without a crane rental, a team of men, and several days worth of labor. I offered to get him a quote. Bob just mumbled, that's okay, and left. Every time the fans ran after that, it was the peaceful, gentle, white noise in the distance to lull me right to sleep. Nothing like a little lifelong neighbor back and forth. You can't say Bob didn't have it coming, though. All of the annoying things he did... His relentless pursuit of using OP's property or saddling right up next to it, utter lack of care for OP, their trash bins, their property, Bob deserved a little white noise at night. Our next story is, I messed with his guitar. The scene, mine and my ex's home where I still lived about a year after our three-year relationship came crashing down. The ages, early 20s and him mid-30s. We used to use his hotspot for internet, and one day, when he was passed out from being up all night and smoking, spending my money too, I was using his phone for the internet which we had agreed on, when a message popped up with my name on it, so being the inquisitive little angel I am, I read what his friends had to say, a whole conversation calling me the worst names and then him planning on meeting up with other girls. We weren't together, but it gave me such an ick. I was heartbroken still and so in love with him but the messages calling me names was like a punch to my stomach. Later that day, he had a party to go to and was bringing his guitar. He's that type to turn the music down and start playing Wonderwall, so I untuned his guitar and hit all of his guitar picks around the house. 
probably only slightly inconveniencing him, but still, yeah. Does almost everybody have a relationship or a near relationship similar to this where they kind of look back and just regret it? Like you look back and you wonder, how did I ever have a crush on this person? Why was I simping so hard for this person? God forbid that's coupled with the age discrepancy like OP described. Our next story is, towing company wouldn't take my call, and then pretended they were doing me a favor by making me pay $50 to remove a boot? So I called my apartment complex so the towing company didn't get paid. I used to live in an apartment complex where you needed a parking permit to park. When I first moved in, there was assigned parking, but that stopped a few months in. Due to a bout of bad luck, I was renting a car, I hadn't grabbed the parking permit from either of the cars that ended up in the shop, so I didn't think to grab that permit. I asked the front office if I needed to get anything for the rental car. I was told that I did not. Around this time, the parking lot was getting resurfaced, so parking enforcement was pretty lax. I'm not sure why exactly, because the resurfacing project reduced the number of available spaces to basically zero, so you'd think they'd enforce strictly against people who didn't have a permit. I ended up having the rental car for over a month, so it outlasted the resurfacing project by a couple weeks. I didn't have a problem parking the rental until after the resurfacing project finished. I woke up one morning to find a boot on the rental. There was a card on the window with a number for the towing company who would place the boot. The fine for removal was $75. I tried calling the number on the card but got a voicemail. This annoyed the heck out of me because they had placed the boot sometime late at night but weren't available in the morning. I borrowed my wife's car because she didn't need to go to work that day and drove to work. On getting to work, I found that I had a text message from the towing company requesting the make and model of the car. I called back and left another message requesting a call back. They sent me another text message telling me that they only communicate via text message. I hate texting. And because I woke up to find a boot on the rental, I was already in a bad mood. I texted back, admittedly rudely, that I would text with them because they're a corporation. I had no response after half an hour, so I text again, threatening to contact the attorney general's office. This got their attention. After another brief back and forth, their supervisor called me. The supervisor explained why the boot was placed, as though that wasn't obvious to me. I explained the situation to him and to his credit he actually listened. I was pretty angry about the inconvenience, my drive to work at the time was about 45 minutes, and then I dumped another half an hour into this interaction, but I was still calm. The supervisor offered me what he called a $50 discount, which to him meant I would pay a discounted rate of $50. This term confused me so I asked for clarification as a $50 discount to me meant I would have $50 taken off the cost of the removal. Asking for clarification set this guy off because he felt as though I was arguing with him and even accused me of twisting his words. This ticked me off far more than it should have, so I told him I wouldn't pay a cent. He told me, good luck with that, and to call him when I wanted to pay the fine. I called the apartment management and explained what had happened. The manager remembered me coming in and explained that he thought I'd only have the rental for a few days. He was apologetic. Then I told him I'd been dealing with the towing company for over an hour at that point, and that the towing company had been less than cooperative in getting the boot removed. The manager was unhappy to hear that and told me he'd call me back. Five minutes later, I get a call back. The boot would be removed and I wouldn't pay anything. I had assumed the company got paid by the apartment, but the manager later told me that they didn't pay anything either. So although the towing company definitely sucked here, 
OP's frustration should mostly be at the apartment management people who said, no, you don't need anything special, you're good. At least they managed to resolve it, right? Our next story is the health teacher and the used tampons. I've long since graduated high school, but reminiscing with friends reminded me of this beautiful, petty revenge. I transferred schools just in time for sophomore year. My first school was awful, knife fights in middle school, teachers throwing books at students, etc., but had a pretty comprehensive sex ed class. I had kids who tried to fluster the teacher in my class, but the man answered their questions with grace. We even covered LGBT plus topics. We only needed half a year of both health and PE. You could take half of both or do a split year. Monday, Wednesday, Friday was health and Tuesday, Thursday was PE. I took it freshman year. My second school, while much better overall, had an atrocious sex ed class. I didn't know until my senior year that my second school required another half year for me. So I got that out of the way for a semester. Mr. H, health, we'll call him, was vaguely sexist and was always pitting the boys and girls against each other. He also never let girls go to the bathroom during his class unless it was period related, in which you'd have to announce it to convince him to let you go. One girl bled through her pants because she was too embarrassed to ask. This ticked teenage me off royally, so I decided to nip it in the bud. When I asked to use the restroom, I'd hold up a pad or a tampon while loudly asking, making sure it was clear to everyone. It wasn't actually my time, I was just indignant. I'd disappear for a while and then come back with the wrapper and throw it away in the trash can by his desk. Everyone was quiet for a moment before the usual immature laughter burst out. I got detention, but it was worth it. I didn't stop. This launched other girls in the class into doing the same, except they didn't know mine wasn't used. Other classes started doing it who were fed up with Mr. H not taking their period needs seriously. Before long, the classroom started reeking. Some of the boys complained, others were on board with the protest and found it hilarious. He tried telling people not to throw them away in his class, but we just got creative with it. Tampons hidden in soda cans, pads smoothed in stacks of papers. It got bad. Mr. H finally relented, pleading with everyone to stop. We could finally go to the bathroom again without having to make a scene. Honestly, I don't understand how teachers like this get away with behaving like this for such a long period of time. If a kid asks to go to the restroom, unless you have some real reason to believe that they are not doing that, you really just need to straight up let them. Honestly, I think kids asking to use the restroom should be more of just a formality, not an actual question that you say no to, at least especially by the time you get to high school. Our next story is, persistent window cleaners should have just left me alone. This was years ago, but another story I read reminded me of it. When I was about 14 years old, I was left at home on my own for the first time. This was a chance to prove to both my parents that I was responsible enough to be left alone. Both my parents were at work, mom was an accountant, dad was a police officer, that is relevant. I was told not to open the door to anyone. After a few hours, there's a knock on the door. I ignore it. They keep knocking. It's clear I'm in the house as you can see someone in the living room from the front door. They keep knocking, so I open the door to get rid of them. There are two men standing there. They tell me they're window cleaners and they'll clean the windows for a fee. I said no thanks. They persist, but I still say no. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I close the door and think that's the end of it. Two minutes later, they're cleaning the front windows. I go out and say, I already told them I don't want the windows cleaned and I can't pay them. They're cheerful enough. Don't worry, love. We'll leave a bill. You can pay it later. I'm getting quite anxious now, so I firmly, as firmly as a scared 14-year-old can, tell them to go away. A few minutes later, I hear some noise around the back. I open the back door, which is right next to the gate to the back garden. One of them is trying to climb the fence to unlock it. Now I'm panicking. Deep down, I know they're just trying to clean the windows, but I don't like that they've ignored me and they're being so persistent. I yell at them to go away, but all I get was, don't worry love, we do this all the time. But I have a secret weapon. I whistle and my rather large German shepherd dog comes to my side. Usually she wouldn't bark, but she knew I wasn't happy with these guys. She goes crazy. They ask me to put the dog away. Obviously, I refuse and they finally get the message. I'm pretty shook up, so I call my mom to tell her what happened. Mom calls dad. Dad turns up in the marked car and talks to the window cleaners. I don't hear the conversation, but apparently it went something like this. We've had a report that you've harassed a young girl and tried to gain access to the back garden when told not to. They said, no, mate, that's not what happened. She's making it up. Dad says... So you're saying my daughter is a liar. The penny drops. Anyway, turns out the van they were driving had a flat tire and the tax had expired. So, dad fined them for that. Do they now want to press charges on these guys for trespassing? I mean, in the end, it's nice that they got some kind of fine, but how did these guys get away with literally trying to break into the backyard? Our next story is, had my manager fired. Few years ago, I was hired by a small business company Nobody wanted the job, my profile fitted perfectly with their needs. I sensed that they were desperately searching for somebody and negotiated a good salary. My manager was friendly but also very bad at his job. I'm a good seller and a fast learner. He left me totally alone since day three. He literally left the whole shop in my hands after working less than one hour per day and came back just to close the shop. At some point, one month later, he didn't even bother to come back at the end of our shift. After two months, I was doing my job and his job that included also online customer care. So I was selling and managing the whole shop, plus answering the phone and handling online shop customers' care. One day, I answered to a customer that had sent an email addressed to my manager after he told me to do it. My answer was too good to be true, so he got envious and decided that he had to find something wrong in it to make me pay. He called me ignorant and said very racist things to me. His absence at work started to gain other co-workers' attention. We were overwhelmed and tired and had no way to take days off because he was never there. So I teamed up with two other colleagues and we filed an official complaint to the owners. We gathered proof of his bad behavior for a month. I finally had a team meeting with the owners and told them about how racist the manager had been with me. After that, a week later, they finally fired him. They also found out he was stealing from them. He had worked there for 10 years. If somebody works for you for 10 years and you find out that they had been stealing from you, 
Would it be worth the effort of trying to do a full accounting, look through all the records, maybe whatever losses you may have reported if you still have records of that, and seeing if there's any kind of link? I mean, if this guy had been consistently stealing for over 10 years, that could easily be thousands of dollars, right? Our next story is the case of missing vowels. This happened a long time ago in a project far, far away. I was put on an IT development project where the company I worked for was subcontracted by the lead contractor. We had a wonderful project manager, but because the lead contractor had executives who didn't know how to work with the end government client, things went off the rails. Of course, they blamed our much beloved and very competent PM, so he was replaced, of course, by the least competent alternative they could find this side of Tatooine. This guy did not know anything about IT. It was a development project. The company I worked for adhered to the philosophy that any good project manager can manage any type of project. Perhaps that is true, but he was not a good project manager. He yelled at people, flew off the handle, and made coolumptions based on his poor grasp of technology. He was always giving our poor IT support trouble because he couldn't use basic office tech very well. Even email. I suspect he was very aware of being out of his depth and took it out on everyone, every day. I was about to start typing a short email report to send him one Friday afternoon, but I decided the better of it. He would usually run to my desk and demand explanations for things that were, to my mind, simple. Rarely were any interactions pleasant. It had been a long week, but I mistakenly clicked send and sent a blank message. Well, true to form, he ran to my desk asking why I'd sent a blank message. In that moment, I had an inspiration. I said I hadn't sent him a message. I had the presence of mind to delete the message from my sent folder when I heard him bustling towards me, so I showed him my sent folder. I suggested it was his email. He bustled off to log another ticket with IT. Thus commenced my campaign. Every Friday afternoon, I sent a blank message at exactly the same time. Everyone on the team was soon aware of it and had to stifle themselves when he would go on about his email problems at project meetings. I think a few other people would send blank messages once in a while to keep him from thinking this was solely me and just to wind him up even more. The project was finally winding down after many months of mismanagement by the lead contractor and this PM. I had to type up another short email report. I let the rest of the team know the end game plan. When I'd finished writing it up, I carefully made three copies. From one, I subtracted all the vowels. From another, I removed all the consonants. I sent the vowel-less one at the appointed time, followed quickly by the one sans consonants. I then deleted them from my sent folder and moved the properly formatted one into my sent. Just in time because he made beeline for my desk. The email you sent is gibberish. What do you mean? It makes no sense. I showed him what was in my scent. Then we went to his desk and he showed me the email with no vowels. He hadn't seen the second one with no consonants, so I watched him open it. Would you look at that? The vowels came after the consonants. Maybe something's wrong with your email or you have a virus separating them. On cue, he opens a panicked ticket. I went back to my desk. A little while later, the woman who ran our team's IT support walked up to my desk and punched me in the shoulder. Ow, what was that for? That was very funny. Don't do it again. Apparently, the story of the virus that disemboweled the project manager still circulates at the company many years after I left. Honestly, this is kind of a classic The Office-style prank. 
Just something that's going to irritate somebody, think there's this kind of weird problem only afflicting them, run around like a chicken with their head cut off trying to figure it out and bother IT all the time, and for the most part you just get to sit back and cackle to yourself. Our next story is, my PE teacher thinks that he knows everything about periods, so now I know everything about him. My boyfriend, trans male, was on his period, so he asked if he could leave to use the bathroom during class. My boyfriend gets really heavy flow on the first two days of his period and really bad cramps, so naturally he takes a while in the bathroom. My boyfriend took about 10 to 15 minutes to get back. However, when he got back, my PE teacher ridiculed him for taking too long at the bathroom. This was in front of the entire class, by the way. My boyfriend had to explain to my teacher that he was on his period and that he takes a bit longer to use the bathroom on those days. Seems like a pretty reasonable response, right? Wrong. My teacher then went off on a rant about how that was no excuse and that he has three sisters and none of them take that long. My boyfriend is very shy and tends to shut down when he's yelled at in front of a lot of people. I, being very protective of the people I love, stepped in and gave my boyfriend a hug while trying to explain to my teacher that all periods are different and that his sisters likely use tampons. I also tried to tell him that just because he has three sisters doesn't mean that he knows everything about periods. Another one of the girls in my class also reminded my teacher that my boyfriend was only gone for 10 to 15 minutes, which isn't even that long of a time to use the bathroom. At this point, my teacher was turning red. My boyfriend was crying at this point, so I said to my teacher this, The next time you decide to talk about things that you know nothing about, don't do it in front of the entire class. What bewilders me even more is that my PE teacher also teaches my health class. I tried talking to my school coordinator about it, but they said, Mr. Insert PE teacher's name is allowed to have his own opinions. Beyond stupid, but at that point, I knew that none of the other teachers would help me. Fast forward a few days and my PE teacher is away from school because he got a cold. He was gone for about four days. In those four days, I got an idea. When he got back, I would ask him why he was away from school. When he said that he had a cold, I would say to him, Well, I have a brother and he doesn't take that long to recover from a cold. I knew full well that I was going to get in trouble, but it was worth it. Nobody makes my boyfriend cry on my watch. On the day my PE teacher got back, my plan was going to go into action. When he said that all bodies recover from sicknesses at their own rate. So I said to him, Oh... But the same can't be said about periods, right? At that moment, he realized what I was doing. He kept quiet because he knew that he had no arguments left. It felt so good, but it doesn't end there. I decided that every time he does something, I'll say, well, my brother has blank and he doesn't do blank. It drives him insane, and I don't plan on stopping until he apologizes. I know it's petty, but that's kind of the point of this subreddit. I think they brought it upon themselves. It's their logic. You're just using it against them. You're just pointing out how flawed that logic is and reminding them regularly of it when they don't truly know and understand, but yet can stand up there and say, well, I don't think it's actually that bad. I mean, how can you not figure he's brought it upon himself after that? Our next story is Airbnb host denies my request for 10% partial refund. Fine. I'll just take 30% instead. Recently, I stayed at an Airbnb. Around 10pm the day we checked in, I noticed the hot water wasn't working. I reached out to the host, who was responsive and said maintenance would be there 8am the next morning, which they were. Pretty annoying, but at least it'll be fixed promptly. 
Well, after a long 10-hour day of hiking and getting really dirty, I was ready for a nice shower. Surprise, surprise, when I get back, the hot water still isn't working. Everything else about the place was amazing and luxurious, and the host was really responsive, so I thought I'd give him a chance to work things out without involving Airbnb. I asked for a partial refund since we didn't have water for our entire two-night stay. He said the best he could do is 10% off a future stay. I told him it should be applied to this stay, and he said they're not able to apply it to this stay. The fact that he said, not able, did not sit well with me. I contacted the Airbnb support, and within a few hours was granted a 30% refund for the entire trip. Honestly, I would have been okay with a 10% discount, but it makes me feel good knowing that he lost his chance to do 10% and now has to do 30%. Honestly, I'm impressed and happily surprised that when OP brought this up to Airbnb support, they actually stepped in and helped them out. I feel like all I ever hear about Airbnb and similar things these days are just horror stories where when you're checking out, all of a sudden there's all these little bullet points that you have to follow or else they're going to mark it up $10 here, $15 there. Fingerprints on the stainless steel refrigerator door? $15 cleaning fee. Dirt and or soap residue in the shower? $50 cleaning fee. Carpet unvacuumed? $50 cleaning fee. Legitimately, I think the last few times I've ever heard about an Airbnb, it's just been people saying, next time I'm just staying in a hotel. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.